When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. The Orange or Brown Talk podcast is sponsored by Sibling Revelry Brewing. They've been a sponsor for us here for a few months now. We appreciate that. And I want to tell you about an event they're having next Sunday during the bye week. So there's no Browns game. You got nothing better to do. So head over to Sibling Revelry Brewing for their Friendsgiving potluck. Save the date. Uh, bring and share food and celebrate the friendships that have been made over beer. Make new friends. Try new food. Drink beer. Have a grand old time. What's not to like about this? There's no sign-up required, but if you do plan on making or bringing anything, you can head over to their website and find the find this event under the events tab uh, and comment in the discussion on what you are bringing. Also, please make a note if your food item contains dairy, nuts, or gluten, or if it's gluten-free. Again, that's 5 to 9 p.m. Sunday, November 18th, Friendsgiving Potluck. Check it out. Thanks to Sibling Revelry Brewing. Here's the Orange and Brown Talk podcast. Hey everybody, this is Dan Lobby. And this is Mary Kay Cannon. And this is the Orange and Brown Talk podcast following a Browns win 28-16 to over the Atlanta Falcons. Uh, Mary Kay, this is actually take two in the interest of full disclosure. Uh, we won't get into details of that, but uh, again, the Orange and Brown Talk podcast sponsored by Sibling Revelry Brewing, so our thanks to them. And Mary Kay, let's get right to it. The Browns win their third game of the year, 28-16. to And let's start with the quarterback. Baker Mayfield, um, 17 of 20, 216 yards, three touchdowns, did not turn the ball over, did not throw an interception. Um, You know, his long today was 28, so it wasn't a day where he was slinging the ball all over the place here at First Energy Stadium, but it was a really efficient game for Baker and really one of the better games we've seen him play. Yeah, and he needed to have this game. He needed some confidence. He really needed to get out there and, and really play with all the moxie that he's known for. And he came out and he completed his first 13 passes. And in the first half, he had a perfect rating of 158.3. By the time the game was over, he set a few different marks, including his rating of 151 was the highest ever uh, by a Browns rookie. And I think it was fifth highest in team history and the highest since Brian Sipe in 1978. So a big, big mark there for him. His three touchdown passes were also... Uh, they also tied the rookie high with a bunch of other guys, but uh, that was good for him to get some guys in the end zone and score. Now, it should be noted, of course, this was not a good defense. The last two weeks, they have not played great defenses, but nonetheless, 
They snapped a four-game winning, a four-game losing streak. They go into their bye with some confidence. Yeah, and you know, you mentioned that defense. Obviously, not a good defense. This is the second straight week they've played a defense that wasn't very good. But at the same time. You've got to be able to take advantage of that. If, if you're a, a football team that wants to be good someday, and, and this team believes they're a good football team, even, though, even if their record doesn't indicate it, um, you've got to take advantage of a bad defense. In, in your stadium, uh, you can score a bunch of points on them. You can put up a bunch of yards on them. That's what you have to do in this league. You have to be able to, to take advantage of other teams' weaknesses, and the Browns did that today. Yeah, the, the Falcons came into this game 28th in defense overall, 29th against the pass, 31st on third down, 29th in the red zone, and 29th in points allowed per game. They were giving up 412 yards per game, and the Browns rolled up 427. So they put on them uh, what most teams have been doing. So this was not some out-of-the-ordinary performance. This is not a good defense. The difference in this game, mostly for the Falcons, is that they couldn't do anything on offense. They could not overcome a defense that came out and played really well. This is complimentary football by the Cleveland Browns today. Again, we have to talk about Nick Chubb right off the bat. Uh, Nick Chubb, 176 yards rushing, a 92-yard touchdown. That's the longest run by a Cleveland Browns player and I believe it is there. There's a bunch of other things that that is, but uh, it, <laughs> it's, it's impressive. That's it's, for it's sure. impressive. It was a long, longest run, and I think it's the second longest run by a rookie in NFL history. Yeah, and, and Nick Chubb today, 20 carries, 176 yards. That 92-yard run, a touchdown. Also caught uh, three passes for 33 yards and a touchdown. That's important because Nick Chubb has that. That's kind of the thing coming out of college that was the criticism of him. Can he be a dual threat back? Can he catch the ball? out of the backfield uh, he showed at least a little bit today that he could do that you know what's what's interesting I'm, I'm just kind of noticing this you look at this um, at the receiving yardage here in the game book they give us no one had over 39 yards receiving in this game for the Browns the ball got spread around a lot Duke Johnson had the most receptions with four uh, but they got contributions from a, a bunch of different guys in, in the passing game they did, and you know, if you look at some of them, some of these numbers are quite surprising. When you think about the fact that these guys had the 29th pass offense in the NFL, and then you've got you know Jarvis Landry catching only two of five targets for 22 yards, that that's a little bit surprising. Now Baker had 165 of his 216 yards in the first half when he had that again perfect rating of 158.3. So they really didn't come out and completely lighted up in in the second half. He only completed, that means he only completed, I think, five passes in the second half because he went 12 for 12. Yeah, they were running the ball a lot, too. Yeah, they were running the ball a lot and relied a lot on Nick Chubb, and that's what you're going to get when you have your running backs coach now being your offensive coordinator. But it's good (laughs) to be able to uh, get ahead like that and go to the run. So that was good. Also, Freddie Kitchens dusted off the wishbone and threw that out there. So he joked around with us on Thursday that he was going to do it, and we all laughed, and yet he did that. So Baker is getting uh, some new wrinkles on offense to work with. He's getting a lot of support from the running game. Nick Chubb's playing well. He got tremendous support today by the defense. And, again, like you said, he spread the ball around to a lot of different guys. Yeah, Nick Chubb had 12 carries, 56 yards in the first half, so he carried the ball eight more times in the second half as the Browns were 
uh, really working to run out the clock. Let's talk about that defense. Um, you mentioned it. Five for 14, the Falcons were on third down in this game. This was the best third down team in the NFL coming into this week. Over 50%. They were five of 14, the Falcons were on third down, 36%. Three of those conversions came in the fourth quarter. Uh, this defense also forced a turnover. The Falcons have turned the ball over coming into this game just five times. Uh, so it was good to see TJ Carey come up with that turnover. He shadowed Julio Jones today, who you know had a good game statistically, but didn't have a gigantic impact on this game. He got in the end zone from a yard out. Um, but, but really, you didn't look at this game and think, boy, Julio Jones is just killing this football team. Uh, seven catches, 107 yards, a touchdown. It was pretty quiet, though, for the most part. It had a 30-yarder. Uh, I, I thought the defense really answered the call today uh, against an offense that has been playing really well for a team that has been playing well, had won three in a row coming into this. Well, not only that, they were the number two pass offense in the NFL and the number eight scoring team in the NFL. So to hold them to only 16 points, that was the key. They gave up some yards, like you said, 107 uh, to Julio Jones. Uh, but for the most part, they they held these guys from scoring points. They came up with that great defensive stand, the goal line stand, with 11:29 left in the game. They had third and fourth down from the one, and they did not get into the end zone. That was a killer for the Falcons. They trailed 28 to 10 at that point, and that could have changed the outcome of the game if they score there. So to hold them there, that was tremendous. Now, curious call when they were on fourth and yeah. inches to try to throw it into the back of the end zone. I mean, there was enough room, I thought, for Matt Ryan to just run it up on in there. And, you know, I thought on their part that that was one that they will be wanting back for quite a while. But but for the most part, this defense, which lost two more starters, uh, put on injured reserve this week in Christian Kirksey and E.J. Gaines, they came out and played very, very well. Having Joe Schobert back helped a lot. Um, Joe Schobert, who is having a great year, uh, had missed time with a hamstring. Having him out there kind of quarterbacking that defense, I think it made a big difference for this team. And he made some plays, too, um, even though I, I don't think he played every snap today. I think he was coming in and out. Um, but it, just to have him back on the field was big. And the other thing, too, they were about they were three yards away from another goal line stand. Uh, yeah. Really a missed tackle. I, I don't know. Calling it a missed tackle even is a little rough. Right. Um, Jabril Peppers had um, had Hooper maybe down at about the three-yard line, but he just couldn't bring him down. Um, you know, they were that close to having another goal line stand in this game. Yeah, it was just an overall good defensive performance and one that I was not expecting them to have. I mean, this was a team that had just come off scoring 38 points in their last game, a victory over the Redskins. They seem to really kind of come alive. Uh, one thing that I think the Browns defense did very well today was uh, they really kind of put the clamps on Calvin Ridley. He, he came into this game with seven touchdown catches. He only caught three passes for 37 yards, no touchdowns. So I think that really helped tremendously to keep him out of the end zone. Uh, it, I don't know. It was just it was just a surprising defensive performance and one uh, that really supported Baker Mayfield. Yeah, seventy one rushing yards today for the Falcons too. They were never able to really get their ground game going um, either. Let's let's go real quickly before we go here back to that offense. Baker Mayfield, Nick Chubb, obviously the number one pick in the draft, the number thirty five pick in the draft. Um, th- these are two guys that if this thing's going to work under John Dorsey. Obviously, Baker Mayfield is the most important pick, but when when you see Nick Chubb playing like he's playing, you see Baker play a game like this, you start to think, okay, now you've got Jarvis Landry. Maybe you can 
go out and find a big-time receiver in the draft or in free agency, add somebody else in the draft and free agency, you start to think maybe this offense isn't that far off from being a pretty good unit. Yeah, I think you're right. And when you see David Njoku make a catch like he made today over the middle with a a defender draped all over him, and he hung on. That's what they need him to do. That was a nice 18-yard catch on a drive that led to a touchdown. You saw Richard Higgins, uh, who was, you know, all but written off in training camp or before training camp, catching a touchdown pass, and Baker Mayfield really likes him a lot, and I think that bodes well for the future for, for those two guys. Uh, there are some pieces here that they can they can be happy about and get excited about. I think they need to add to the pile. I really do. I don't think they should, uh, by any stretch of the imagination, get complacent and think that they have what they need on offense. I think they need at least two more really good receivers on this football team, but there's something to build on here. Yeah, my two favorite throws, you mentioned them, the David Njoku throw uh, right into David Njoku's midsection. Had no chance to drop that football. That was good to see. And then the Rashard Higgins play, that just shows that connection between those two. When Baker scrambles and he needs guys to get open, Rashard Higgins was the guy to do it. Threw the ball up where only Higgins could get it. It was a really great play. Uh, And then you throw in the Nick Chubb 92-yard touchdown run. And uh, Freddie Kitchens has to be feeling pretty good about himself. Maybe minus some of those trick plays. You know, look, those those are tough because if they were you're genius if they fail you know everybody's saying what were you thinking uh, but look this this coaching staff has nothing to lose right they're 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 coaching these are tryouts for them whether it's for here or someplace else you know these guys want to show what they can do this is freddie kitchen's first opportunity to call plays for real um he, he's he's gonna leave it all out there and you know what? I have no problem with trying some innovative and different things. They're talking to the players, trying to figure out what they like to run, what they would have fun running. I mean, what they're trying to do, it seems, is be aggressive, take some shots, have a little bit of fun, mix it up a little bit. Like you said, they really don't have anything to lose. Nobody is expecting them to make the playoffs now. So why not try something like a halfback pass It worked in practice, you know, I mean, who knows? Why not try a a direct snap to Nick Chubb and see if you can catch these guys off guard? So I have no problem with some of the things that they're doing. They're trying to be creative. They're trying to be aggressive. And the fans enjoyed this game today. Yeah, and, and you never know with these trick plays. I mean, they see something up in the booth, and they say, okay, this is the look that we practiced for all week. This is the time for that trick play. It just didn't work out uh, in, in that particular case, but but it's fun to watch. Um, real quick, credit to the coaching staff. I think they've done a nice job, Greg Williams and company. Um, we had a lot more on this in the original podcast that you'll never hear, but just a quick credit to those guys in, in a tough sort of – uh, a tough situation. Again, like we said, no one's expecting Greg Williams to to be a real candidate for this job or even Freddie Kitchens to be a real candidate as OC. Uh, but a credit to those guys for keeping this team you know, focused and in a position where they can come and win this game. Yeah, this was a big confidence booster for these guys heading into the bye week. They come back and they'll go into Cincinnati and play a game. And I think that uh, this game gave them just the boost that they needed to finish off the rest of the season uh, with a little bit of confidence. Baker needed this. They had lost four straight games leading into this. They snapped that streak. Baker goes out again with the 151 rating. He's got to feel good about that. Uh, things seem back on track. In fact, Baker, I mentioned this in the, in our other podcast that went <laughs> out into somewhere. the universe somewhere. Yeah, um, in Apple land. Yes, in, uh, in the last four games, Baker Mayfield has thrown nine touchdown passes against only 
two interceptions. He has an over a 104 rating in those games, and he's completed more than 68% of his passes in those games. So you're seeing some things from Baker Mayfield. Even though he doesn't necessarily have the most amazing supporting cast around him, he's making it work. All right, so the Browns 28-16 to 16 winners. That'll do it for this edition of the Orange and Brown Talk podcast. Thanks to Sibling Revelry Brewing for sponsoring us. Thanks to all of you for listening. For Mary Kay Cabot, I'm Dan Love.